LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Questions Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins, and today I'm here with Chandler Vanoy. Hey, hey. And one of our favorite people, one of our favorite leaders who, if, uh, I don't know, if you've been reading blogs, especially in the last 20 years on leadership, you may know. Ron Edmondson. You should know. You should know well, Ron Edmondson. I don't know about that, but <laughs> I, I'm as we record this, we're at the Southern Baptist Convention. Can we say that? Yeah, we can say I that. I think we can. Okay. Maybe. Uh, and I'm seeing all these people. I'm like, who am I? I'm like, there's some big deals here. <laughs> I've been impressed. Yeah, but you're, uh, so here's, here's the thing about you. You have been in multiple different settings, uh, come into uh, from, um, I don't know, different scenarios of churches and led those churches to grow and, and grow well. Um, and so, you know, the other piece I would say about you is you've been consistently writing about practical leadership. Mm-hmm. For how long? For a long time. Probably <laughs> close to 20 years. Yeah. yeah. And, and so um, a lot of people will probably at one time or another have come across your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you were writing, you know, five ways to or how seven. to. I prefer seven. Um, <laughs> you, you did that before anybody else. Five. I, you, you, I, invented I seven you invented that. You invented that. Like, yeah. yeah. But today, what are we talking about, Chandler? Yeah, we're going to be talking about, just as you're t- mentioning, Ron, you've been in many different roles. Uh, over the years. One of those is you've stepped in to help churches in an interim pastor yes. role. Um, and we want to discuss how to lead well in an interim role mm-hmm. in a church. Yeah. So just to start us off, why is this important to the church? Well, every church is going to face it at some point. Uh, the pastor is going to resign, go somewhere else, uh, whether they've been there a long time, which is sometimes harder to follow, or they're, it's a short, you know, that I've worked with churches that turn over pastors every two or three years. Uh, but the, the, every church is going to face a time where there's an interim, where there's a period between one pastor and another pastor. Uh, obviously, denominationally, like we are, uh, sometimes that takes a, a, a while just because of the way our churches are structured. You may be in a denomination where you you know, the, the pastor is chosen for you. But even in those denominations, there's usually a period in between where things just have to be held together. And it seems right now, I mean, there's with COVID and everything that's happened, there's the great resignation mm-hmm. and there's, and it does seem that there is a lot of transition happening in churches. So maybe some churches were like, maybe would have heard this topic a little bit ago and go, well, that's never going to be our church mm-hmm. in the next few years that that's happening right now. And they didn't see it coming. Yeah, exactly. And you said, Hey, there's ways that this goes poorly. Right. And then unfortunately we see that happen. What are some ways, uh, maybe even we're going to be talking about, Hey, how to lead well, but maybe even just how to think about it before it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are you talking from the perspective of the interim pastor or the church? Yeah. So maybe even the pastor, if they were to, to head out. Yeah. So I, I really think um, the best case scenario is when the when the pastor is thinking with the end in mind. So they're like, uh, they're realizing, okay, I'm not going to be here forever. And so I want to think what happens when I leave. I think that's good, just good leadership. 
you know, um, one of the terms in the marketplace is replace yourself, you know, figure out who's going to take your spot someday. And I think, so I think from the pastor's standpoint is just to keep that in the back of your mind. So uh, I'll give you an example. One of the, one, when uh, I was at a a manual, I knew there was a transition going to come someday. So I started to lay the groundwork for what happens when I, you know, when that decision came so that when the decision came, it was much easier to implement. Okay. So that's, that's on the front end, right? So now we're talking, maybe somebody's sitting there going, well, Hey, I'm, I may be sitting in that role, stepping into an interim role. What are some best practices stepping in to an interim pastor role? Well, I would say, and this works for the church. It also works for the, uh, for the pastor that's coming in to be the interim, but, uh, and it goes back to what I said for the pastor leaving the pastor coming in should start with the end in mind. So why am I here? Uh, what is the best role I can play to help the church during this interim period? The church leadership needs to be thinking that way as well. Uh, when I, um, uh, and, and I know you're going to want examples uh, later, but I'm going to give examples along the way. If that's OK. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, but uh, I was talking to a, a church um, not too long ago and I wasn't. I didn't have the margin in my schedule to 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 help them um, on a consistent basis, but so I just helped them think through what the process would look like. And one of the things I said to church leaders then is, allow that person coming in to help you make hard decisions. So go ahead and tell yourself this is this is a tra- and and we could even use the word transitional pastor. Right. This is a transitional period, and if we want it to to be used well, we're not just looking for somebody to fill the pulpit. We're really looking for somebody to help us figure out what does the next season look like for this church? How's the next pastor going to be most successful? And using that period to help set that off. You know, uh, in the previous question that Chandler asked about, you know, the transition part, how do you set up for a good transition? Um, One of the things that I've seen uh, somebody do well is go ahead and, you know, eat the frog mm-hmm. f- for the next guy yeah. um, is saying, Hey, you know, what are some of those decisions that need to be made prior to that's right. So whether it's the person who's leaving, you should be a good and godly leader who's willing to do some of the things that you know need to be done yeah. and you didn't get around to doing, or you didn't do it because uh, you didn't feel like you could politically survive it. Well, guess what? You're leaving. So now's the time, right? You know, now's the time to do that and setting up the other guy well um is super important but when you think about you know i, I believe the term would be uh intentional interim mm-hmm. um and you're an expert because i can't keep a job so i just keep getting up <laughs> right um you said, you know, identifying those, helping the church identify those problems. How do you practically do that? Well, and, and I want to go back just a little bit because you, you mentioned, I think there's three steps or three phases that are phases, not the word I'm looking for. There's three opportunities and one of them is going to work better than the other. So you've got the guy that's leaving. He, right. would, he would be the best person to lead those changes right. that need to occur. Then you've got the interim opportunity. That's certainly better um, than than nothing. But then the the worst opportunity is the one you where you wait for the new pastor to come in right. and, and and do those. So um, the more so I want to go back to what you said there because the more the exiting person, if they are leaving on good terms, especially right. if they 
they had the credibility already established. Let them make some of the hard decisions on the, on the way out. That's the best case. But I think for, let's say we're talking about the interim, you come in and you're trying to discern what those things are. Uh, it begins with asking a lot of questions and learning the culture and thinking in terms, and most of the time, the interim is not the person that's being considered for the, for the role. So I'll give you, a, uh, put it in the uh, practical sense of an interim I just did, just, just recently uh, w- with a, um, a church. And one of the things I did was um, surveyed, and I've done this several times, I surveyed via uh, you know, Google Docs or SurveyMonkey or something, the staff, um, key leaders, and elders. Uh, and I um, uh, just asked questions like, what what makes it easy to work here? You know, uh, what makes it difficult to work here? And just ask lots of broad questions right. and got input. The other thing that I did, and I do it with the different groups, is do a SWOT analysis. Work through a SWOT with the staff. Work through a SWOT with church leadership. Work through a SWOT with key volunteers in the church. And compare those and see how they line up. What are the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities, and the threats? And what you'll see is you begin, some common themes begin to rise. Um, and again, to give you a very specific illustration in this particular church that I worked with uh, there were uh, it was how finances were dealt with um there were just a couple of people that controlled all the finances of the church and wow. and staff and key volunteers. They couldn't get anything done because they couldn't get it approved. You know, right. there was just a control there. And I even interviewed the former pastor and said, well, that was one of the biggest things that I dealt with all the times. I couldn't get anything done. Well, I had to go to church leadership and say, look, if you want the next pastor to be successful, this this has to be addressed. It's con- it's a consistent thing. As you were talking about that, I know you did an intention, intentional interim role and you've done other types of interim roles. Yeah. How do you know what type of role you're stepping into? Like even as a, there's a, the church side of this, what are you actually looking for in that role? Mm-hmm. Then also if you're stepping into that and maybe even what are some of those that you've seen? Well, I really believe the more intentional you can be, the more successful you'll be at it. So from my perspective, and and I probably, and I don't, I don't say this, I'm not trying to be arrogant about it, but I've done it a few times. And so I can say to the church, look, I'm willing to do it under these conditions uh, because I'm not going to be successful. You want me to be successful. Right. Now, I have also done interims where all they want me to do is fill the pulpit. Right. And that's okay. If that's what you want to do, I don't know that that's probably the best best way all the time, but if that's what you want me to do, fine. Uh, it's hard for me because I go and I see the problems and I can't <laughs> do anything about them because they haven't given me that authority or that responsibility. But uh, so it works all kinds of ways. But from my perspective, if I'm walking in uh, as an interim, um, I'm probably going to help the church figure out what my role should be. So let's let's figure out one, what do you need? Two, where do you want to go? what happened in the past that made you successful or not successful uh, with the last pastorate. If you want my help figuring that out, then give me some authority to do that. And so probably negotiating on the front end of what are the expectations. And I think the person coming in to help on an interim role probably has a little bit of, um, I don't know if leverage is the right word, but a little bit of leverage to say, um, this is how we ought to shape this out. Yeah. So we, we just talked about best practices in my head. I just go to immediately, what should you not do mm. as an interim? Because like you said, you're going to see the problems yeah. and 
and you what you said earlier with the end in mind. Right. So um, I actually just went through an interim as well. Yeah. I consulted with Ron a lot. Just, yeah. I was asking him a lot of questions. Yeah, I was thinking about this whole time. I was like, should I ask Chandler? <laughs> Does Chandler want me that, to ask him a question? Is this still too close to home? <laughs> but it's, it's really key because it's like, what's the end in mind? Like I, especially near when we we're nearing the end of their search, it was like, hey, I want to set this next guy up as sure. well as possible. So there's things you want to do. Right. But there's also things that you don't want to do and make sure that maybe there is an easy decision and you see it and you're like, I'm going to wait because that's low hanging fruit for the next for guy. him to yeah. be able to come in exactly. and have a win. Yeah. So what are some things that you well, should not do? I, I think don't bind the church to something that the next pastor has to unravel or live with. So for an example, um, we're going to pick a country that we're going to do mission work in. Don't do that during an interim period. Let the next pastor come in and, and put their stamp on that. Um, hiring certain staff probably shouldn't be done in an interim period. Now, if you're going to place, you know, a position that the pastor doesn't necessarily usually speak into or want to, and you just have to have it. Sure. I'm walking back into a a position. um, And there was along the way, and I knew the business administrator was leaving. And so I was able to talk to the search committee and say, if you can slow that down, that's one I'd really like to speak into, you know, and and, and thankfully we were able to do that. But if there are ways, so don't commit to things that the next pastor has to unravel. And that would be things uh, that are continuous, like adding payroll that those dollars keep oh, coming, yeah. you know, uh, or change of direction or major, um, uh, major events and those, ty- those type of things, anything that would be considered as a pastor, I have to live with this now or change it. Don't do that. Um, just don't commit the church to it. So I'm curious, you know, a lot of our listeners are, are pastors and church leaders, um, how is this different in different size churches uh, or or settings? So I'm going to ask, you know, hey, a smaller church and a larger church. And then maybe um, I do want to ask a follow up question about following a, a seasoned leader or yeah. a legacy leader yeah. as well. Yeah. So handle the first question, though. Yeah. You know, with larger churches, you're not going to you're, you're going to address larger issues. Right. With smaller churches, you're probably going to get more in the weeds because you're closer to things. So, for example, uh, I was actually serving as two interims uh, at the same time. Uh, one was a large. <laughs> you said you got an expert. <laughs> <laughs> one was a large church. One was a small church. With the small church, we literally got just about everybody in the room. Uh, right to make, you know, talk through things, make decisions with a larger church. There was, there were fewer people involved. And and the reality is most people didn't want to be involved, you know? Um, So it, it, it gets you closer to the real problems in the smaller churches. It gets you closer to the bigger problems in, in, in the larger churches. And that's, that's an elementary response, but that's basically what, what you're doing in the smaller churches. And I think here's what I see happen quite frankly, the larger churches usually have a lot more systems and structures in place and and they may even have in their documents of how they operate as a church, they may even have the interim process spelled out. So right. they know if a pastor leaves, the interim's coming. In the smaller churches, a lot of times that's not figured out. And many times they're the ones, and I don't say this because I've served in all size churches, but uh, uh, that they don't recognize that they need the help. 
because right. they, they've got, you know, lay leadership that, oh, we can take care of this. But no, you need some outside perspective right. because um, they're going to see things you don't see and recognize things you don't recognize, such as the, the fin- people that control the finances in the one church. So uh, I would say from a need perspective, um, smaller churches need it as much as any, and uh, but they don't often recognize it as much. Good deal. What was your follow-up question? That was, that was, uh, the follow-up question was, how do you follow a legacy leader? Like, because we all know I I could name several churches, (laughs) honestly, uh, but you know, it is so difficult to follow a guy who's been somewhere for 30 years or well, and, and isn't or sometimes that, more than that. That's one of the major reasons, even to go back to the front end of this, of why this is important. There's so many of those out there, so right. many of those stories that are about to you know, happen in the next 10 years where there are these very seasoned leaders that are going to be stepping away. And again, some do it well and some don't. I always love to give a shout out to my friend Steve Stroop, I think he did it phenomenally, oh, yeah. you know, uh, and I've told him that many times, but uh, there are so many that don't, and that's just going to be a really big deal. Uh, again, if you go back to what we said before, if you can get the that legacy pastor involved and right. if they will take the helm of that and say, I want to finish well, and I want to make this the next person successful, that's far more effective. But if you don't have that and suddenly they're, they're disappearing, um, I think that becomes a time when you have to have, uh, you almost have to have a, a buffer between the, yeah, the, the, the you know, sacrificial the, lamb. You do. <laughs> there, you really do. There, there usually is one. Yeah. And might as well make it an, an official interim because yeah. that's what they're really going to do. And what, and what you want to do, and, and the church doesn't want to do this most of the time, and I get it. They don't want to slow things down. They want to, hey, we've had this guy for 30 years. we got to get somebody in here to replace him as fast right. as possible. You want to slow that down a little bit and give enough buffer between the, the two. And that's where you really probably do need a, a seasoned leader. Um, uh, probably that interim needs to be. In fact, I've coached churches numerous times. Um, Chandler, nothing wrong with it, but you you don't need to be the interim probably of a of a church following a 30 year pastor. Yeah. Uh, you may be the pastor, the next pastor, but you don't need to be the interim. Uh, there needs to be somebody with enough uh, thick skin right. and leadership savvy and uh, and and can make the hard calls and recognize has been there, done that, so to speak, right. that can come in and provide that that um, buffer between the, the two. And again, I'll say from my recent personal experience, actually, I just thought of my dad. Um, my dad's been at the same church for 30 years. He's bivocational. You know, her church is like 100 people. Mm. Um, and that is also a scenario where you've got a guy who's been there for 30 years. They look at each other and go, how are we going to how are we going to find Hmm. Another. How are we going to even get somebody? Yeah. To, you know. To, to and come most to? likely, your your dad is is of a generation that he is 
he's giving them far more than than what uh, oh, yeah. than what they're paying him for, or even the expectations. <laughs> and so they're they're probably going to have to look even right. full, you know full time to get some of that work done now. And how do you do that, or how do you find right. somebody that's willing to invest? I've always had a huge admiration for bivocational pastors. Uh, I've done that too, um, and early in my in my ministry career, and you're really wearing full-time hats in both your roles. Oh, yeah. Let's have a little fun here. Yeah. Okay. So you were talking about keep the end in mind, Mm -hmm. save things for the next guy while you're in the interim role. You were just in an interim role. Yeah. And you're going to be stepping in to the church. Yeah, this was the church. Just go ahead and explain the scenario that you've been around. <laughs> I can't, I, there's no way I can explain it. <laughs> so, so I was at this church six years. Yeah. I've been gone four years. I'm going back as senior pastor. Yep. Yeah. But you've been spending the last little season as the interim. Yeah. As And, and pretty much in an interim teaching role, yep. not an interim leading role. <laughs> yeah. So he's his own intentional intro. <laughs> exactly. So he's setting up really well for the next guy. Yeah. Yeah. The next guy. He's I'm trying to make as easy as possible for this guy. So what does that transition look like? I mean, you're, it, it really is you you went from the in, the interim role yeah. where you're trying to keep the end in mind. I'm making decisions with that. Now those decisions are becoming your decisions for the long term. Right. What, what's what's kind of going through your mind right now? Well, kind of the same thing that I would advise any church is uh, slow down. In fact, I just had a, a um, uh, conversation, the first conversation with the staff. So I was voted in um, a few weeks ago on a Sunday, Monday morning, met with, with all the staff. And I said, you know, a couple of things to know. One, let's lower the expectations here. Okay. I'm not the magic wand. I'm not coming in to, to, to be the major champion, any of those sort of things. Let's lower the expectations and then let's slow down the entryway as much as we can. So one of the things that, that I did, and, and this uh, caused the, a lot of people in the church to ask questions. I, I accepted it in May, but I don't, officially start until August. And they're like, why are you doing that? Ron, you're already here. Come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> um, and the reason for that was um, uh, a couple of things. I, I actually told the church, I have a pretty good work ethic. And when you take a job, I want to show up. And we had a lot of things going on, you know, this summer. So that was the practical side. But the leadership principle there is I want to give myself the margin to learn what's happened in the last four years that I wasn't privy totally. to. And so it, there's a whole new learning curve for me. It's not as steep as it would be if I was had not been there. I know all the players. I know, you know, uh, I know the leadership, all that sort of thing, uh, all those sort of things. But there are staff members there that I, I that right. weren't there when I was there. There are things that have been changed. Priorities have changed. Budgets have changed. So I want time to learn that. And then I really I've already got if you were to look on my list of, of how I'm prioritizing my time, I'll go in August and really through the first first two or three, four months, uh, I'll have somebody keeping my calendar and you'll pretty much have to be on the inside circle to get on my calendar the first few months, just because not because I don't want to know people outside in the community and different things like that. Like I've already had different ministries of parachurch ministries that want to go to lunch with me and that sort of thing. And I'll just say no to those things in the early days, because again, I want to learn the staff. I want to learn, um, the, the leadership, you know, I, I know the people, but the you know, the roles have changed. I want to know the budget, those sort of things. So it's not that much different than if I was to go to any uh, any role as a new position. The difference this time is simply I'm able to, uh, uh, it won't be as long of a process. Right. 
And, you know, I mean, uh, the, the old saying, you can never step into the same river twice. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you, you know where some of the big rocks are. That's right. Um, and, and you know you know how it runs. But at the same time, you don't know what's under there. Yeah, and it's going to be it's going to be different, you know. And uh, but I've never heard the phrase "you don't step in a river." Have you heard that, Chandler? You never said that. You never. I've never heard that I've phrase. I've not heard it. So I'm, Oh, we have now. You can never step in the same river twice because it always flows. Oh, there you go. Gotcha. Do you understand? I yeah, understand I that the water flows on. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not, Good deal. That's, it's a new river each time. Yeah. Every, every time. Yeah. It's, there's, it's a little different. I'm going to um, use it from now on, but I've never heard it. Yeah, I like it. it. Yeah, yeah, I, like it. I, I thought somebody day. famous said it at some point. So <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what it was. The famous guy. Okay, so... You have obviously had a lot of experience with this. Um, what are some resources that you would recommend mm. for people who are going through this process? What this, are, what are podcast, some of the stuff that right? you do? Um, um, this podcast, other resources as well? Um, my, <laughs> the Ron Edmondson Leadership Podcast, <laughs> my blog, my blog, Mythical Leader. Um, you know, there's not a lot of great resources out there, just to be honest. Uh, it's something, I, I think Ministry Grid probably has something on that, uh, don't they? The interim process. Um, we were talking about getting you to come do that. Okay, so let's do it. <laughs> let's do that. There's not a ton of resources out there. You know, honestly, um, I was telling you guys years ago, there used to be a, a training for that right. through Lifeway um, and and probably something we need to revise a little bit. Um, it, you know, I think that the resources, if I were if I were advising somebody and they wanted, I'd find, just find somebody that's done it and right. ask them to walk along with me. Uh the in in the Baptist context, which a lot of us, a lot of the associations have programs like right. that and walk through some of that. Um, but honestly, I think um, I would just say find somebody who has done that on a consistent basis. I mentioned I give a shout out to an old friend that I haven't connected with in 20 years, but Sid Woodruff Ministries. He does that. He does some training. He's an old Lifeway guy, but he does some um, uh, training on transitional and interim ministries. There's so that's a resource, but there's not a ton. Right. Well, Ron, thanks so much for joining us today. It's just yes. a fun conversation. Absolutely. And if you're listening, we hope this has been helpful to you. If it has, just as Ron was saying, this could be a resource that somebody's stepping into that type of role or a church that's about to go through that might be helpful. So share it with them. Also, Ron did mention it. He's also has a podcast on our network, the, the Ron Edmondson Leadership Podcast. You would want to check out their short, shorter podcast with a ton of leadership principles in them, as well as his blog, ronemmonson.com. Other than that, we hope this has been helpful to you and your leadership, and we'll see you next time.